You're listening to Seeking Sydney, where we explore questions you have about our city. This week, our listeners wanted to know why our towers across Sydney are subjected to a building height limit. Whether we're arriving at Central Station by train, walking across a nearby park, or can see it from our office windows, many of us are treated to a magnificent view of the Sydney skyline on a daily basis. However, when compared to other cities like New York and London, why is our CBD comparatively small? So the main limiter, which kind of limits our buildings at about a maximum of 310 metres, is that the CBD is on the flight path down to the airport. This is Dr Philip Oldfield, a senior lecturer in architecture at the University of New South Wales. He knows why buildings in Sydney are limited to a height of only 310 metres. From a kind of technical point of view, there's protected airspace in terms of planes descending and how their instruments work. And actually building into the airspace is a, a challenge from a legal point of view and from a, a technological point of view as well. So we can do it, but it is a, a longer, kind of more expensive process. So it's one of the things that certainly limits um, height in the city. The second one is environment. So there is a, a zoning envelope, if you will. Imagine a piece of folded paper over the, the kind of city which talks about, which is defined by planners and talks about where we should be building height and where we should not in terms of protecting our public space. So tall buildings are renowned for casting big shadows and our height limits at the moment, our latest iteration of height limits, are designed to make sure we don't build towers that cast a big shadow over Martin Place or the domain, so protecting those public spaces. But how did this limit come around? To find out, we'll have to take a look at the past. So height limits have really kind of evolved in uh, central Sydney over the kind of decades. Miss Sally Peters, manager at Central Sydney Planning with the City of Sydney, revealed it's been around for a lot longer than you may have expected. If you actually look back, you know, the first height restriction actually came into place in 1908 uh, and that was sort of introduced by the city and anything actually that wanted to exceed, and that was for a um, 150 foot height limit, anything that wanted to exceed that really actually needed the approval of the Metropolitan Fire Brigade. So things like, um, you know, the ability to build really high structures, also how to actually uh, respond in an emergency situation was really sort of quite key to some of those things. But then sort of moving on from that, and obviously sort of over the decades, things have really kind of evolved. At the moment, some of the primary focus is really around enabling sunlight to actually get into our really key kind of parks and spaces. So things like Pitt Street Mall, Martin Place, Hyde Park, those things um, are really sort of quite special to the city of Sydney and so need to be really sort of maintained and just ensure that we can get sunlight into it. It's all about um, being a livable city and it obviously sort of makes it sort quite attractive um, so that people can enjoy their time that they're here, whether they're workers, whether they're visiting or whether they actually reside here. Despite the fact buildings can only be around 300 metres, it is possible for a building to increase its size using an ingenious method. Dr Oldfield has more. You can purchase other sites air rights. So let's say you've got a you're, you're a developer, you own the site, and you can build a 200 metre tall building on that site. But next door to you is a church, 
and the zoning height of that church is 200 metres, but the church is only 20 metres. You can buy their air rights and put it on top of your building. The idea of that is it protects the church, it protects a historic building, it means they get finance back and they protect that building, but it also means you can build much, much taller. And one of the results of this is there's been a recent kind of um, growth in these super skinny towers, very, very small footprints, very, very tall, 400, 500 metres tall, that are taking advantage of this kind of nuance. When we look at the skyline, there is one obvious structure that exceeded the previous height limit of 290 metres. Miss Peters explains how some buildings like the Sydney Tower were able to achieve this. The absolute height is really kind of also set by um, aircraft safety and that's a really sort of key thing here in central Sydney. So Centrepoint Tower was actually approved sort of prior to some of the controls. I kind of spoke how they've sort of evolved over the decades. Um, so it was sort of in the mid-90s that, that the um, sunlight provisions or the sun access planes actually came in. Um, and so Centrepoint Tower actually sort of happened ahead of, uh, ahead of that. But I suppose paramount to that that as well is just ensuring that there's aircraft kind of safety that's set so that in kind of emergency procedures they're actually able to sort of navigate their way in. Although Sydney Tower is one of the tallest structures in Sydney, it is still dwarfed by structures across Europe and the United States. Dr Oldfield says height limits exist in cities around the world, but others have limited where buildings can be developed for other reasons. Every city around the world has some form of height limits. Most of them are, are quite nuanced and uh, have historically evolved in, in different ways to Sydney's. I mean, Singapore's the obvious one, where the whole island is limited at 280 metres because of uh, the airport. Um, other cities, uh, London has no height limit. You can build several miles high if you really want to, but the height limit in in London is more about skyline, so actually you're encouraged not to build in front of what are called viewing corridors of historic monuments, so for example St Paul's Cathedral, um, the Houses of Parliament, there's historic views of those buildings some often several miles away, and building a tower in front of that would, would alter the skyline, so it's, in London it's, it's more about skyline. Now the famous one is, is New York. Now in New York you had, before 1916, there were no height limits or no setback limits really in terms of tall buildings, so you got a lot of big bulky buildings and a famous one called the Equitable Building cast a, a seven acre shadow on the streets So New York enacted what was the first kind of height limit which is called the New York Zoning Law and that encouraged buildings to step back away from the street and created the famous wedding cake skyscrapers, the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building. And that's still very much the the case today and a lot of um, sites in New York are required to step away from the street to maintain sunlight and daylight onto the, the street in a similar way to Sydney's zoning law. So would we one day see buildings in Sydney that rival those in Dubai or New York? Miss Peters says it's unlikely, but possible outside of the CBD. For us, we've sort of really taken that environmental kind of um, uh, approach to what is the capacity that then protects the, the parks and the places so that, you know, Sydney doesn't become kind of, I suppose, dark or damp. You know, it still remains really sort of quite inviting. And I suppose we see that as being a key characteristic. And then obviously over the top of that, you've still got this aircraft safety requirement, which is obviously really 
really important when we sort of look at our global connections as well. So I suppose in terms of the future of heights, I think that's a really kind of difficult one. I think it's a challenge that we've sort of looked at this sort of opportunity, but whether it's actually that city starts growing slightly out rather than up, I suppose, is where I would see any direction that we might be looking at going. Well, what suburb could house skyscrapers outside of the CBD? Several suburbs are potential candidates, but Dr Oldfield says Parramatta could possibly be the best choice. I think that could well be a possibility. I mean, our CBD is geographically hemmed in. We can't build out. Um, and so we've got two strategies we build up and we build a second city in Parramatta. And I think you'll see, you know, some of the, the buildings proposed in Parramatta are, will be as tall as anything in Sydney and potentially in the, in the future taller because they may not have the, the limitations in terms of the stoic public spaces, Martin Place, the domain, and the kind of air path. So it, it would probably be easier to build a, a super tall tower in Parramatta than it would in the CBD.